Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Thank you, Father, for this time to be before you. I praise your name. Father, for all these wonderful listeners, Father, that your eyes would be full on them, that they would know you're looking at them at this very moment that you hold them dear. Father, that be above all, Father, they can trust in you. They can know you. They can long for you and pursue you. Father, they can make mistakes in this and still come out winners. Father, that you called them to be your children, but not only that, you called them to be your bride. Father, you are so loving. And we don't deserve you or the kindness you give us, but yet you lavish us with your wonderful, beautiful presence. I thank you for the opportunity to talk about you, Father, and for Joe and I to be able to just delve into your word and see what pops up. And maybe someone can learn to do it for themselves and share with others, Father, that you would spread your kingdom outward, Father that the harvest would come to fruition in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, we want you guys to know two things as we get started that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. Um, If you are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out. Prayer at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Um, also check out buddywalkwithjesus.com for all the links for all the things. Our Patreon, different levels, different extra content, things like that. Our merch store if you're looking to support the ministry as well. As well as the Discord server where uh, you can come engage with other believers. This week we want to continue on with the conversation that we started uh, a couple of weeks ago. Kind of going through... Uh, Colossians. We originally spoke about the full picture of God, and then we started talking about the maturation process that happens in Christ. And we left off with discussion of Holy Spirit, the fact that we are not alone, um, regardless of, of in-person or or from a spiritual point of view, uh, we are not alone. So we want to go ahead and start by picking up at uh, verse 8. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Okay, so NLT says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies or high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And the ERV, which we've mentioned before, it's a wonderful translation. It was written specifically for people who were deaf. So they have a limited vocabulary. And I think they do a wonderful job with getting to the point. And this is how the same verse reads in in their translation. Be sure you are not led away by the teaching of those who have nothing worth saying, 
and only plan to deceive you. That teaching is not from Christ. It is only human tradition and comes from the powers that influence this world. I say this because all of God lives in Christ fully, even in his life on earth. And because you belong to Christ, you are complete. Having everything you need, Christ is a ruler over every other power and authority. I think sometimes we can read too fast that we missed here that not only is it talking on a human level, but it's also talking on a supernatural level that there is a fight to capture our minds with wrong well, I want to say wrong thoughts or traditions or philosophies, as, as NLT says, that the powers of the principalities are also engaged in this. And a lot of times when we go to church on Sundays or we do our reading or we go through the work of the marketplace, we tend to forget there is an actual realm that is against us. And they're there to one of their methods is to capture us with philosophies, vain philosophies. And it doesn't only take place, I would say, in the secular world, it can take place in the Christian world and in, in the religious world. We could have things that would lead us astray. Anything that would say that Christ's work is not complete and you need to do this on top of that would be an example. And there are a lot of many things that fit that. So for many of you, you may be trapped in a philosophy that is either man-made, you know, you got to do works, you got to do it well, and then, you know, you'll be justified in God's eyes. Or the demonic, you're never going to be good enough for God. You're such a failure, you're a loser. And I know that a lot of people hear this through human voices, one of which, sadly, is parents. And then we hear it from school, and then we hear it from work. But the originating can come from the demonic because they know that you bear the image of God, regardless of whether you believe or not. So the, the, the supernatural realm, the demonic, is always against you. They're never for you. Don't ever make a friend with them. They're liars from the beginning. Uh, it's important to know this, but you don't fear this because... In the very breath of that passage, it says we're complete. We are complete. There is no other authority than Christ. And as a matter of fact, it says Christ is the head over every ruler and authority. And that means these demonic beings, principalities, have to submit to him. Okay? They can't go beyond where he tells them. If he says, I'm only going to give you a two-inch plot of land, and all of you guys have to be there. They, they shove themselves on that two-inch plot of land. They don't get any, any leeway. That's how powerful Christ is. And he made you complete. So you have a safeguard built in just by coming to the Lord. And giving him your entire life, not just your heart, your entire life. And then you wind up having a inheritance, a heritage, if you will. And one of that is simplicity love god with all your heart mind soul strength body that's number one number two is love your neighbors those people around you the way god has shown you that he loves you 
And now you've come to love yourself because you understand what true love is and appropriate love for yourself. It's not narcissistic at all. It's not selfish and it's not arrogant. It is about taking care that you do the things of God to your best fulfillment and you find pleasure in that. And then the third one, destroy the works of the enemy. Those three things Christ did, and he did them at such a grand scale that he affected the world. Fully God, fully man. So we can be encouraged to move forward in that. Last week, we discussed um, the, a bit about the persecution of the saints, and we talked a lot about the persecution that happens um, in places outside of America um, and around the world and throughout some numbers. This week, as we're talking about this, um, I might go as far, and this is um, opinion, that this is more of where American Christians will stumble and struggle is we have a buffet of information. You know, we have you go you go online, you engage with with the Internet at all, and, and you'll find more than a plethora of different voices and different takes and different opinions, all of that kind of stuff. And we've covered some of them, but there are literally we, we wouldn't be able to cover all of the various different philosophies and to use the word that the NLT uses nonsense that come from human thinking and you know we've there's a common thread regardless of whether or not it's progressive Christianity or if it's um, the emerging church or if it's something else some kind of cult whatever there's a common line of either devaluing God, devaluing the Bible, or devaluing Jesus. One of the three of them, or a combination of all three, will, will be devalued by false teachings. And so it, it's, it's very important that if you are engaging with a philosophy, with a belief system, that in any way devalues any of those three things or just generally disagrees with scripture at any point, then, then it has to go. And so from here we see, for again, for, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. We covered the first, the first week that we started talking about Colossians. We talked about the full image that we have. And then moving on from that the maturation process why can that happen because there's a assumption and expectation that we have been given the information that we need in the gospel that we have been given what we need to be able to hang our hat on god that's why we see in other countries or other parts of the world where they don't have access to the word we've been given everything that we need holy spirit and then for those of us that have uh, that that can engage with the bible that's why we see teachers being able to come forward without any kind of formal education training 
anything like that and still be able to spread the gospel and still be able to lead people in this kind of way because they have been given access to the fullness of God in human body, in Holy Spirit, in Jesus. So when, and, and a, step, a step past that, a step beyond that, is that we are complete through our union with Christ. Again, let's work backwards here. We're complete in our union with Christ. What does this say? Fullness of God in human body. This is a relationship that we have that is transparent and three-dimensional all at the same time. You know, we have... Our, our relationship, we've said before, we'll say again, our relationship with God is 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 a simple one. It's those it's, it's us humans that complicate it. You know, our different theological takes, our different opinions of this, that, or the other thing, when in all actuality, there is a simplicity and a beauty in that simplicity that you don't have to sit there and go through all of this education to be able to understand at least at the basic level and we know that when we step into that we are engaging and we are embarking into a relationship and we are engaging with something that is so far beyond us that we can then from that point go forward in full faith in full confidence to be able to act accordingly and and that's what i think get that this is is so important to get from all of this and moving through um skipping the rest of the rest of two i want to jump over into um three real quick we see paul continue this uh to continue to continue this message in this this direction of okay we've covered god we've covered the maturation process starting in chapter three since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So we talk a lot about um, about intimacy, right? And we talk, we, we've talked about how living, truly living in this life comes from intimacy because when you when you embark on on, on, on an intimate, real person relationship, and by that, I mean not just, okay, I'm praying at the meal. I am praying. I've got to say these certain things. I've got to do these certain things. When, you know, we Edgar mentioned last week about inviting Jesus into when you want to sin. That, that is raw. That is really engaging on a fundamental level. And that's why it's so uncomfortable for humans because there's this dissociation that can take place between us and our sin. 
and us in God. That, that we are somehow separate from one another when in all actuality, the gospel says that as Christians, we are moving forward with Christ, who is our life. That's a big difference. Those are, those are two different things. God being a part of your story, God being a part of your life, and, and Christ who is your life. And the beauty of all of this is that it's open to all of us. You don't need some kind of degree. You don't need X amount of years invested. You don't, you don't need to say all of the right things in order to have access to that. There is a power and a freedom available to every single one of us. That's why we say that you are not alone. Mm -hmm. I, if I may, I think in this, in these four verses, there is quite a bit. And I'm just drawn in. And I will say that there are a lot of times when it says like in verse two, think about things of heaven and not the things of earth. When it says to think about this, it's saying to imagine it. And we are creatures who do not think in text. You know, we don't see words when we use our imagination. We see pictures, we see symbolic images of things. But can you imagine if you sit and you think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, and you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with cancer, you're struggling with these things, and in there the Holy Spirit is able to comfort you. You know, and we understand that there's a lot of things in this world that will keep you down, downward facing. But because God is who he is, he can raise you up. And he's telling you through his word to think about heaven. What a glorious place that will be. Now, there are some people said sounds kind of boring being in heaven playing a harp. I said, well, you really didn't get to the real part of it. You've only gotten a superficial somebody. I think somebody, what is that word? They, um, it's when they chew it for you and then they give it to you. It, they just stipulated it for you. And so it, this happens in the animal kingdom. And so I'm using that picture. This is why it's important to read scripture, but not only read it, reread it and slowly. There's at the tail end, and you probably caught this. It begins with, and when Christ who is in your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now we know scripture, it says that God does not share his glory. So, oh, is that a contradiction? No, it's not. Because the bride of Christ becomes one with him. So we have that image of God sharing his glory with us because we are his bride. And in there, there's a lot of stuff that if you just slow down, just like that popped out for me, something else might pop up for you. There might be a word. And then as you engage the scriptures and you get into the intimacy, you get to see a fullness of Christ and how much he cares for you, how much he's redeemed you, how the Holy Spirit has indwelt you, how the Father has loved you from before time. So there's a lot to come out in the scriptures for you and really just enjoy it and think on it. 
think, think, think on it. Don't get caught up in the world. Don't get caught up in a TV program. Don't get caught at, caught up in being yelled at by your boss. And those are all distractions. They're the things of the surf. And that, another way to say that is they're temporary. But think of heaven. That's eternal. Develop that relationship with God. I think it's easy to lose something when you only think of what we're being told here throughout the entirety of the first the first three chapters of this letter and, and yes you can extrapolate this out to other aspects and areas of of the bible but when you think of it from just a spiritually disconnected place and not from a practical everyday place as well right we are we experience this life as kingdom citizens, just like just like non-believers do. We have to live in, the, in this world with everybody all the same. You know, we're not treated to something different than this existence and living it out every single day. So that speaks to the fact that when you look at this, there is a practical everyday element to it. It might sound, you know, um, I'll go as far as to say simplistic to some people. Think about things of, the, of heaven. Okay, great. Then I just won't sin. Well, think about this for a second, okay? If you're concentrated on Jesus, right? If you are engaged in worship, not just in song, but in posture, in spirit, in position, when you want to engage in that sinful behavior, going on from, from verse five, it says put to, put to death, the sinful, earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of, of the world. Think about that for a second. When you're engaged in that, you are engaged with self, something that is specific. you are specifically doing to benefit you with nobody else in mind. And when you're there, you cannot be living out the Great Commission at the same time. Just like you cannot be serving self if you are focused on the kingdom, if you are focused on God. And that is where you are worshiping. Yes. There's an actual um, old, uh, I shouldn't say old man. <laughs> I don't want to say ancient, that might be worse. <laughs> There's a hymn that I've known for a long time, and it's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And I, it really speaks to what Joe is saying. And the chorus simply says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So we access something. It's intrinsic or innate to the actual reaching out we do to see God, feel God, talk to God, focus on God that he brings to us. Holy Spirit indwelling us just brings up the spring of life. So there is that thing that does occur. And the more you do it, the more successful you will be at it. It's not a formula. It's about giving in authentically and pursuing God. So it, it is never a formula. I can't stress that enough. But the action with your heart, your investment, your soul, loving God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul into this will 
bring that love forward that you get from Christ by turning towards him. That's a perfect segue to move to um, to verse six here, because you, you touch on something that's very, very important to remember. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature in all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn and know your creator and become like him. Again, that that process that there is there is a a um there there's a continuous nature to this that language suggests it's not you know okay you did this you you went from one point you got to the next point and now you know you're you're good to go and and you've got it all figured out you become like him when you read this there's this insinuation and there's this allusion to um, cause and effect, right? If you are engaged with God, then as a result, you know, we know about fruits, uh, fruit of the spirit, you know, the, the, there will be byproduct of what it is that you are, that you are doing. There'll be byproduct of what it is that you're not doing. And so when we submit to what this world has for me, that this is just the way that I was created. This is just my, my sinful nature, you know, and, and, and give excuses to remaining in that place and not submitting all of yourself over to God to grow and to become mature. There, there's a, there's a very distinct correlation. If that's where you're at, then you will still be slave to these different things, the anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language, because you're still, that part of you is still engaged in the world. This is something that's like God's time. My wife sent me a video last night, a link, and I didn't watch it till this morning when we were discussing it prior to the podcast. The, the story is about eagles and they can live anywhere from 40 to 70 years, which is a new thing. This is all new for me. I haven't researched it, but it was so good. I want to share it. So the eagle itself, as it, it's a long lived bird, the beak from use becomes bent almost to the point where it's not as useful as it had been in its youth. The talons also go through this wear and tear thing where it's not as useful. And the feathers from the long life of 40 years have also become less useful. They're more stuck to the body, as it says. And I believe it was addressing the more of the, uh, the, the wings feathers where it was trying to get flight and everything. So it makes a decision that it undertakes whether it will die or it will go and seek to um, renew itself so which is interesting because i've not heard this concept where it flies up to the high mountains and nests up there and and it begins to break off its beak 
so it can regrow a beak and then it tears off its talons so it can regrow talons and then once it's gotten those done it goes ahead and gets rid of all this the bad feathers and it regrows feathers so the concept here is an interesting one it's basically a renewal a maturing a becoming better and we can experience the same things as we throw off the fleshly desires that we see paul is talking here and getting rid of the sinful nature that we see and being able to fly free and the eagle can live another 30 years with all the things that it's done to do this i thought it was quite interesting as a form of renewal how the weight of the world can tax on a person and then we have to take action if we don't take action we die i would imagine that i'm not the only one that was listening to that and was like man that sounds really painful like to to go through that process and everything but isn't that true for us too you know no we're not ripping part of our body off but we're ripping part of ourself our identity off and replacing it with something that we we should be holding just as just as true if not truer than we held the last thing and so it's not it's not this okay maybe maybe this is part of me no the eagle doesn't think about whether or not the new beak is part of him it just is and it just just like with that with those parts of of us that go and that get you know purified and all of that that's not going to be easy because god is showing you where you need to grow and where you need to where what needs to take place in you and you need to be willing to um surrender that yeah i agree with that 100 it is a painful process and one example could be the friends you hang out with if they lead you into sin and unfortunate as it is right now you can't be around them you know so there are things that we give up as part of our lives that we understand get rid of the booze get rid of the things that cause you to do illicit stuff get rid of the foods that harm you things like that and it is a stake in the claim and there are times when you really really just want to give in and you don't because you hold to pursuing the lord more yes um on on that note i want to i want to keep reading and then circle back to what you had just said because it, it really ties in well in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be his holy people, he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as member of, members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. There are choices that we have every single day. We all have different choices, whether or not we can engage in the things of God or not. 
we've all heard, I don't, you know, just go the, the whole idea of just going through the motions, right? You know, there's songs about it. I don't want to go through the motions. But sometimes the active choice to show up, to engage in prayer, to still read your Bible, even though you don't feel like it, even though it might just feel like going through the motions, sometimes still choosing to just be there is what matters. Sometimes the motions are all you have as a person right at that right at that moment. Because here's the thing, right? We don't all always feel like engaging with this. Like like Edgar said, there are some times where whatever it is, it could be a food, it could be a drug, it could be a thing. It doesn't matter what that thing is. There are absolutely times where we want with all of our being to engage with that because it feels good because it makes us feel good because our brain is telling us that that is the thing that we need right in that moment same thing with making allowances for other people's faults Inter pe people are complicated like you know we saw, we've talked about how this life is complicated people are complicated relationships are complicated and you are not going to always agree with one another and you have to, when, you, when you're engaging with people, you have to remember that there are parts of you that, guess what, are annoying to another person too. That there are parts of you that are hard to make allowances for. That each one of us need some grace and some mercy in our lives because we all mess it up. We all have aspects of ourselves that are imperfect, that are bristly. And so it is not just when, when you remember it from, from the wide angle point of view and you see what has been given to you so you give that to other people, that's a different position than being focused on you and your position in the whole thing and your point of view and, and what you have to say or what you think is best. So we see that you know, as as we see what what Paul is laying out here, we're seeing a relationship that goes beyond just um, a, a one in, a one and done prayer. We see something that 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 requires us to engage on a on a regular basis and. A, forces us to enter into a posture of surrendering ourselves and what we think is best for living out of a place in a posture in an everyday sense that puts you in a position think of it think of it like electricity right what's a lightning rod do it conducts electricity what are you doing you are conducting the spirit of God. I understand that that's not the perfect illustration, but when you are there, you are a conduit for what God is doing. If you look at what, 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 um, if you look at the idiosyncrasies of, of what Paul, the position that Paul always has, if you look, it doesn't matter what letter it is, you are seeing this position and you've, we've seen it in, um, 
people from from Old Testament times to, to New Testament times, we we see these different people that when they are given adulation, when they are given praise, when they are given credit, whoa, whoa, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. God knows what He's doing, and that's what's happening here. But I am an imperfect creature that's just being used by God, and you know. Even down to us in the way that we conduct this podcast, that like, if if Edgar and Joe are not the two names that we want you to first think of when you think of the show, we want it to be Jesus, we want it to be God, and that be where the where where your focus is. You you had talked about, and I forget how you phrased it, um, being pipelines or conduits for heaven. There is an actual thought and I, I, we'll be doing an episode soon it's on our on our list of episodes coming up about the temple it is important to think of ourselves more supernaturally than we do and what do i mean by that and i think i discussed it earlier in a previous episode that we are the temple of god god indwells us so right now i can use physical parts of my body to do things creative things, constructive things, but I could also be destructive. And maybe I, I slap somebody. Well, if I'm thinking of myself as being a temple of the Holy Spirit, a temple of God, then I've actually defiled my hands by doing that because I hit somebody in anger. Um, and the other example I gave is I could use my hand to make a phone call and gossip about somebody. So now I defiled my, my hands and my mouth by doing this and I need to repent but it's not oh God forgive me I'm, I'm sorry I did that that was really bad no it's God I defiled my body before you this temple where you're supposed to dwell in I stained father cleanse and help me to reconsecrate it to you father this is not small as you start to become more supernatural minded that you are actually carrying I want to say in your body or in your temple the presence of God, of heaven, of the kingdom moving forward, your actions should fall in line with that, which would mean, hey, you know what? I got to cut such and such a thing out of my uh, life. Uh, you know, the big things by this time, God has probably worked down out of your life, but maybe not. But if it hasn't for you, don't worry about it. This, you know, start thinking this way and, and God will get rid of it for you because as you become a holy being temple of God, a dwelling place of him, you become mindful and you're not going to want to do these things. But then the tiny things that seep in through an advertisement on TV, you know, you close your eyes so you don't take something in and it could be, it doesn't have to be sexual. It could be food. It could be technology. It could be a car. It could be anything that causes you to covet. You know, so there's a lot of things that when Joe mentioned that just really like resonated with that line of thought that we carry the kingdom of God within ourselves, you know, because we are a temple an indwelling of God. And this may be a new concept for some people. I know it's not preached about a lot that you carry the indwelling God in you 100% of the time. And even if people were to go and engage in sin, they are bringing that sin situation into a whole new aspect than before they were believers. They are really defiling 
what God says. And I'm, I'm not saying that to browbeat somebody, but to, to see the importance of who God is and that he would take residence up in you is so important. And it's not really taught. We're not taught to take care. And God is awakening people to saying he's a holy God. The things that can go on in the world are not things that goes on with him. He doesn't allow for sin to take a side by side with him. He doesn't share his glory with it. So being conduits is so important. You know, that thought when you said it, Joe, was so like right on the money, so to speak. It was such a important thought. I don't want it to be lost on people. How important it is to see yourself physically as a supernatural being. In the Old Testament, we saw how many, um, to what lengths they had to go through in order to be in in the presence of God, to be, to, to be in the temple, to be cleansed, and to be able to be in there at that at that time. And that can get lost when you're when you think about what happened with Jesus. When you think about what exactly is holy spirit you know yes that's a conversation unto itself talking about the trinity of god and but we know that if jesus is to be believed in 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 full and complete uh in full and complete context then we know that as believers we now have complete and total access with god that God is omnipotent and the spirit can be in in all of us. It's not it's not finite in that way. And so it's important to allow that to sink in. Especially talking to those of you listening in America because this isn't necessarily talked about a lot because the supernatural isn't necessarily talked about a lot. But you know, we talk about things like um, we are Christ's representative on, uh, on on the earth. We talk about um, living in, in intimacy and and truly living. Well, that's because that that happens, and it happens that way because we don't need to go in front of a priest into a physical temple and do all of those things in order to be in the presence of God. We we have that that is that is regular for us and so engaging with that and allowing that to affect you and to truly sink in changes everything because it's and and it doesn't have to do with you it doesn't have to do with your works and what what we can do it's not about what we can do for god it's never about that. The only power that we have is through God, is because of God. And if you're going to accept the fact that as Christians, we live with the presence of God, not in a metaphorical sense, but in a literal spiritual sense living within us, then we have to admit to the fact that there is something else. And I agree with what you said, Edgar, that 
that God, we are in a season where it really truly feels like Holy Spirit is waking people up to what is going on around them. I think it was last week when you said that when we go out into the world, when we engage with the world and we engage with people and we do life, there is an entire realm around us that we don't see. There are things happening that that we have no idea about. And as, as modern day Christians, that's a little hard for some people to swallow. But my question is to anybody who has a hard time with that, why? Because when you look at the Old Testament, that didn't change. That 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 happened. There were influences from from supernatural forces that we know of in the Bible, in in Old Testament times and New Testament times. So if it's in Old Testament, if it's in New Testament, then why wouldn't it be today? And I understand that if there's a cessationist that's that's listening, you're rattling off about ten reasons why. But I I digress. Um, but, but when, when you, when you go, when you accept that, there's some things that there, there's some of the puzzle pieces that get rearranged, right? We are engaging in somebody else's story. We are engaging in a power that is outside of us. And the thing that I really want to touch on with this you know, we've talked, we've, we've talked about the different stages of this, but ultimately it doesn't have anything to do with what you bring to the table. Yes. God uses our gifts. Yes. God uses our talents. We all have talents. We're all unique. We're all unique people. We're all, we all have a unique relationship with God. Okay. That's one thing that's using what is existent in the creation, but the bridge too far is to think that it's by your power. That you are the one that's causing these things to happen. And so when you are there, when you are in that supernatural place, I'll call it, where you are engaging with Holy Spirit and you are living there, then that's when we see these, these different spiritual things start to crop up fruit of the spirit right it's not just being a good person the fruit of the spirit is not choosing to do good things it's not a morality check it is a cause and effect it is a direct byproduct again we've said we, we've said before that our our existence our our relationship with god and how this works is simple if we just listen it's simple and so when the Bible is clear about how there is spirit, the spiritual side of this, about how these are the things that happen when we engage with Holy Spirit, then it, the, the, the clear line is there. That these are the things that are a byproduct, just like when we aren't, when we are living out of self, when we are allowing self-rule to win the day, that will also have that direct correlation and byproduct. That was really good. I want to touch back when you when you said the word morality check. It's it's not about that. Oh, I love that. Um, if you become intimate with Christ, 
intimate with God, intimate with the Holy Spirit. If you become intimate, these things that are moral issues start to fall by the wayside. It's like when we talked about the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. The enemy longs to trick you up, trap you, because his goal is maybe not to destroy you because he can't. Can't. I want to make sure that T is there. Can't. Cannot. But because he's, if he's able to distract you, he's able to make you ineffective. He's already lost you to the kingdom, but <laughs> they're afraid of this. But heaven forbid you become a tool of the kingdom. So he does not want that. So anything you do, and Joe said, going through the motions, oh, I'm just going to read my Bible and just get it done. And all of a sudden, a word hits you that was for today. Or better yet, like what's happened to me, I read the word, and whether I realize it or not, tomorrow is when I need it. And it's right there waiting for me so that this knucklehead doesn't make the mistake of ignoring what was said. So, you know, it's okay. You know, you're going to make mistakes. Don't live in the mistakes. Follow the perfect God. And he will make your path straight. You don't have to try to figure it out. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Very good. And all you always acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. I just butchered that. But, <laughs> but it talks about not getting caught up. Um, and I really want to go back to it because right, I'm drawing a blank on it. And this is one of the ones I had memorized all this time. But it's very key. And I'm not going to let the enemy distract me from this. Because I want to get this one for you guys. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. So really what you're doing is the easy stuff. It doesn't feel easy when you're doing it. But it's the easy stuff. You're trusting God. You're not depending on your own understanding. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm not going to try to rationalize. And I'm going to seek him out. And then what happens? He makes your path straight. He does the heavy lifting. So when we look at what we're doing here in three, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we're actually destroying works the enemy would try to, us to get to do by distracting us, by not going on the path that God has, by trusting in and I hear this a lot in different like workplaces, trust the process, but God has his own process. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> it, it's a terrible way to phrase it, but do, and I, I don't want to say it, but doing the things that need to be done actually brings benefits in it. And we see this a lot in Proverbs where it tells you to, you know, the work in the evening or in the morning, because you don't know which, which one is going to reap the harvest, which work is going to be doing it. So you're going through the knowing that the process itself, which is harvest, is going to come up and you'll benefit from it. But you can't tell which one it is. But if you do it, it'll 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 happen. So there are plenty of things like that in Proverbs. So don't hold back from just doing it, regardless of whether you feel any little step forward is a step forward. And, you know, sometimes you're not feeling well, I get that. But sometimes you're just like, ah, no, I don't want to do this. I'm kicking and screaming my way through Leviticus. Um, but just go ahead. And I, people who know me know that that's a hard book for me. Um, but do it. Do it. See what God brings out.
Now, I will say this. I haven't found it, but somebody, maybe somebody will find it and send me the link. Is that the Leviticus, when they're going through the law, they talk about how it relates to Christ, Christ in there and what it means, which I think it would be interesting because a lot of the stuff that was very hard to uh, understand as having a spiritual significance will probably have a better significance if I had that nugget, so to speak. So long story short, too late, but hey, it is what it is. We said this in a couple of episodes over the past um, month or two, and, and it, it bears repeating here. If you got it wrong, that's not what we're focused on. If you got it wrong, take it to God and surrender it to him. Every single step forward that you take is a step forward. A lot of times when we are engaged with sin, when this it's something that is, to use Paul's phrase, a thorn in our side, um, it can be easy for us to focus on how we how we've gotten it wrong, what we haven't done. And this the the, the beauty the beauty of grace is that we are in a time, you know, Jesus hasn't come back. That means there's time. That means today there's a step forward that you can take. There's a step forward for all of us to take when it comes to our relationship with God. So I want to leave you with this. If you are somebody who has gotten this wrong, I pray that you will understand a couple of things. You are fully known by God. You are prayed for and you are loved deeply. God wants every single part of you. All the parts, even the stuff that's not clean, even the stuff that needs help. And surrendering that is truly letting off the baggage of the world. And that's a beautiful place to be. And for those that are in the faith, for those that are the saints, I leave you with this. Let the message about Christ in all its riches fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Remember, you are Christ's representative. If you are a Christian, you are indwelt with God, with the Spirit of God. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your word, Father. And the wonderful ways you put these nuggets to come to you, to be um, joined with you and to pursue you, and that we don't have to get caught up in the messes, that if we come to you and do the simple things of loving you and loving others and destroying the works of the enemy, everything falls into place, all the little parts, Father. And I pray you would show us on a deeper level how we can achieve this, how we can please you in the everyday. 
Father, I thank you for all the listeners and their hearts turned toward you. Father, that you would listen to each prayer, Father, and grant them the comfort they need during these times. I thank you for them, and I ask that you would bless them in a unique and special way that they would know it came from the Father who loved them before the creation of the earth, and that you hold them dearly in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk Community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.